Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, on the outside chance you haven't noticed, there's a hot baseball team in town called the Twins. I just looked out the window. There's a, there's already Twins street traffic uh, for downtown. <laughs> sell, out, sell out this afternoon. Joining us right now, the head of baseball operations, Derek Falvey. Derek, nice to be in a situation where one player, some people deem maybe the best player in your team, Cruz is injured, and you don't need to rush him back because everything else is going so well. Yeah, we've been really fortunate, you know, with with a lot of other guys. I mean, we've dealt with some level of adversity with some of our offensive players, position player side. You know, certainly Mitch Garver's injury or Nelly's injury, even Miguel to start the year. But the rest of the guys have really stepped up in their place and continue to just put runs on the board. It's been a, a special start for the group for sure. You know, it's uh, I visited with Miguel the other day, and he's he's a little bit different, a little more, I don't want to say humble, but I think aware of the fact that the team doesn't need him as much as they used to, so to speak. But to, to be able to bring him in and bat him seventh in the order, do, do you do you sense that you've taken, a lot, A, a lot of pressure off him, and B, he's now going, man, I want in on this party. Yeah, you know, I think Rocco did a great job with him coming back. when He, he sat him down when he came back and he said, listen, we're going to put you into the into this lineup in a place where it's going to allow you to just be yourself. Don't worry about trying to carry anything. There's something about you guys know when you're hitting in that three-pole, four-hole, five-hole, you feel like you've got to do something that may be outside of your norm. And the best part for him was we're going to ease him back in. You know, we have other guys that can go play the position. We want to make sure that we're building him up uh, thoughtfully so that he's not playing 10 out of 10 and, and out there on the field when we know it would be beneficial for him to get a couple of days off here and there. So it's been, it's been just, he just joins the party. That's the idea. Just come on in and do what you need to do. Don't worry about anything else and be the best version of yourself. Is Kepler hurt? You know, Kepler's in a good spot, fortunately. I mean, he, he's somebody who ran into the wall the other day. We were a little concerned about it. Uh, fortunately, I th- you know, when I saw him run into the wall, I thought maybe shoulder or something else. Fortunately, he just banged his knee into the wall and, uh, again, came out of it clean. We DH'd him in the first game back uh, with really just the idea that we would get him off his feet for the day and give him a chance to just hit and have a nice night at the plate. And he'll be back uh, fully full go now, uh, playing plenty of outfield going forward. Derek, that was kind of a nasty report yesterday on all the prominent minor league players with a variety of injuries. Yeah, it, it all kind of came out at once, but I think we knew, some of these were a little bit uh, more, we were more aware of them in the last maybe week or so than we were the more recent ones. It's always difficult when you have young players going through some things. You know, when we talk about Mitch Garver earlier, just a, a fluke play where guy slides in. You know, on the flip side, Luke Rayleigh's injury was him sliding into a base and you know, ankle uh, with an injury that is going to cost him you know, the, the chunk of the remainder of the year. But he was on a great, he's in a great start. We don't feel any differently about what he's doing going forward. We just need to go get that repaired. You know, and, and on the pitcher side of things, certainly always difficult when you deal with pitcher arm injuries, but we realize this is, this is part of the game. You know, ultimately you, you look across, I think we've been relatively lucky so far, at least on the major league side, uh, to stay, to stay healthy to this point. But when young minor league arms get hurt, we just need to make sure that we're being as thoughtful as possible about what, what are the next steps? Sometimes they're surgical, sometimes they're rest, but we want to put these guys in the best position to help us in the future. 
Alfredio, the guy who played shortstop yesterday, and hit home <laughs> run. He's Arianza, been, I think we mean. <laughs> he, he's been great. You know, Aries a guy that when, when we picked him up a couple of years ago, it was kind of a – you know, not a not a high profile guy by any means, but we felt like he could really play defense just about anywhere he goes on the field. Well, and you know, typically when you have a backup guy who can play shortstop, you're not you're not getting a ton of offensive production off of that spot. And I think we saw it with Airy with with full health and when he's in the best spots. You know, from two sides of the plate, switch hitter who can, who can drive the ball out of the ballpark. You know, he's a guy who really fits our our club well. So I I've just been happy for him because he got off to a slow start, which is. Not uncommon for guys not playing every single day and gets the, the regular reps of a of a routine player, an everyday position player. For him to come off the bench for us in the last week to two weeks and really give us a spark at different junctures, uh, I, I think his uh, his home run yesterday might have been the most unlikely of our group, but we'll take it any way we can get it. You know, um, the, the dynamics change so much in the season depending on how it plays out, and I know you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but when you start to look at uh, the the gap between not just the twins but but teams at the top and and the rest that seem to be chasing them that's going to change a big dynamic as you head towards the trade deadline perhaps how does that change how you begin to scout ascertain look at because there's a chance there could be some really good players available yeah it's a good point Max Max I mean we've got every every day we go out and we check in with our scouts. You know, Brad Stiller runs our pro scouting group. We know what our schedule intended to be at the beginning of, of the season. And we, we were prepping for potential acquisitions and making sure we see major league players, but also see minor league players in the event there's an opportunity to trade for a young up-and-coming guy as well. But now, admittedly, with where we are, we make sure that we shift our focus toward the, the potential that in July, when activity starts to pick up, uh, we're in a position to add to this group. Should we, should we need it? Should we find the right fit? I, I think that for us, you know, a lot gets made now. Certainly, it's still you know, going in end of May, into June, and you want to talk about acquisitions. The reality is, a lot of these things don't pick up until July. Part of that's because selling teams you know, don't necessarily see themselves that way until much later. They want to give themselves a full chance to get back into this thing. But for us, you know, you bank the wins early, and, and they can't take them away from you. So you just keep you keep plowing forward. But we're prepping ourselves for the uh, very likely uh, outcome where we have acquisition conversations going into July. Yeah, but just following up on that, Derek, I was on MLB.com trade rumors yesterday. There's all kinds of rumors involving the Twins, uh, Targets, Bumgarner, other people you can't talk about. You know, But some of them were talking about disrupting players that are on the team right now. And all the fans, I think, are sensing there's a chemistry that these guys really like being together. How much do you consider that when you look at guys who, who probably could help you? It's a huge factor. I, I think you're right, Dave. I mean, for us, when we look at our club, you know, we're, where we are right now on the backs of the guys who are currently on this team, it's always a tricky conversation when people talk about acquisitions because, by definition, that means a subtraction on your club. Now, I would say that we'll all deal with injuries. We know that. You know, adversity hits at some point, and uh, hopefully we stay as healthy as possible through the course of the year. But you want to be prepped in the event that maybe someone goes down or there's an issue, and you've got to make sure that you can go get some someone to fill. But for our group right now to, to be what we consider the class of you know the league in terms of the offense and what we've done from position player side, but also pitching you know, as a top 10 club right now, I know a lot gets made of could we add to our rotation or bullpen, but I think that the, what the guys have done so far, I'm really proud of. How about uh, your bench now? When uh, the catcher comes back and, and the Cruz comes back, what are you, you going to do? 
Well, those are good problems to have, Sid. I, I will tell you, at this point, if we're making difficult calls around players that are playing well, that's, that's a great outcome for us. It'll make it hard, no question. Doesn't, doesn't make it easy at all. But I think that we look at our, our bench right now and the rotation that we have, you know, we've been more geared toward a three-man bench just because of how we've used eight men out of the bullpen. But who knows? That could maybe go to four for a stretch of time during the course of our season. Uh, we could go back and forth between those two ideas. So I think that when Nelly gets back and is healthy and Mitch is back and healthy, certainly we'll squash some of the playing time of maybe some of our bench guys. But ultimately, that makes our lineup better. So it was, I, I am prone to – I talked to Rocco about this. I am prone to saying sometimes these things take care of themselves and. Uh, sometimes unfortunate ways around you have an injury or someone else is well banged up, but we'll just keep plowing ahead. And when those guys are ready to go, we'll we'll have some difficult decisions to make. Derek Fabio, it was a pleasure to have you on the air. And for being on the show, we'll get your a certificate to merge the best safe house in town. Good luck. Appreciate and, it, guys. Derek, thanks so much. Uh, if you're on your way to the game today, there's already a lot of people downtown. They're probably the smart ones. It's going to be busy, so uh, leave a little bit early. going to be sold out again today. We'll be back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Uh, Matty Houlihan, one of the stars of the Gopher softball team, will join us in about five minutes. We'll continue the Twins conversation right here. Uh, guys, it's unbelievable. Uh, this Twins baseball team, uh, everyone I know, not, not even lifetime Twins fans, everybody's talking about the Twins right now. Well, they're getting national publicity. You know what I remember? The Yankees are the last team like this. Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, and Bob Serb were living together in a, an apartment, and I was able to get them for sports hero all the time. And But even they don't have the number of home runs that these guys have right now. <laughs> I stopped. I, I stopped by Rocco Baldelli's office the other day and said hi to him. We were just visiting, and I, and I gave him the question: "Anything comparable to this in your career?" And he looked up and gave me a dry answer. And he goes, "Well, I don't think this has ever happened before. So, no, there's nothing comparable." To it, you know. <laughs> and on top of that, yesterday they get uh, they walk scope. Uh, Rosario hits a little flare that they they could have caught, and it drops in for a bloop double. Second and third, nobody out. And you look at this now, and Dave and Sid, you know, and you go, there's no way they won't score both those runs. Second and third, nobody out. There's no way that the White Sox come, and they didn't. And they did. They did. They, and they, they scored didn't. both. Yeah, yeah exactly. Matty Hulan's already joined us. We're going to take a break here and come back and talk. Gopher softball. They're on their way to the final eight in Oklahoma City. First time. They're on a great run. We'll talk to her right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Mike Max, Dave Mona, and Sid Hartman. What a story has evolved at the University of Minnesota campus. The women's softball team heading to the College World Series, and Maddie Houlihan's a big part of it, but it'll say Margaret's grad, uh, and what a season career she's had. She joins us now. Maddie, first of all, congratulations. Explain what it's like when the final out is recorded yesterday. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, my gosh. It was just just raw pure happiness i mean obviously that whole last inning we kind of were all on our toes a little nervous like one out away two outs away whatnot but it, it was such a cool feeling to be a part of maddie how do you like that crowd uh, i mean i was watching on tv and from the other room i could hear the m i and and the crowd was really into it and then talk a little about amber pfizer i mean does she ever get tired oh my gosh well first off the crowd this whole weekend was unbelievable just this whole whole postseason in general I think we've 
sold out every game within five minutes, I believe. And I mean, they were electric and they acted like we were winning after even just one strike, they would erupt. It was, it was so cool. Um, and Amber, I mean, what a gutsy performance this whole, this whole postseason, And especially yesterday after, you know, maybe not having her best stuff on Friday, but then coming out yesterday and just shutting down a very, very, very good offense. Um, I mean, that's very impressive and I'm, I'm very proud of her. Did you play other sports in high school? I did. I played volleyball for four years at Benilde. Um, and so that that was a good mix from softball. It kind of kept me on my toes and got me excited for softball again. And so I, w- I was very happy that I played another sport. I was talking to you and Natalie Den Hartog the other day about this. Explain what club softball looks like in Minnesota for those that develop and, and, and what a schedule's like. Uh, you certainly play in the spring with your high school team, Benilde, for you. And, and then what's a summer like for top players if you want to compete and, and move on to a high level? Um, you know, it's really, I would say it's pretty similar across the entire state. Um, <clears throat> Natalie and I and Carly Brandt and Katie Kevin Miller all played for the Minnesota A's our kind of last two years of summer ball and it's really you know honestly once high school ball ends you start summer ball and you go through August um for us local kids I didn't necessarily play on the most competitive team out there um so I stayed mostly local we traveled a little bit maybe to Kansas City and did one or two bigger trips nothing like those California teams that are gone all across the country every weekend so I I lucked out I would say (laughs) Hey, Maddie, you're a senior. What does the future hold? I mean, I, obviously there's an Olympic team. Is is there still a professional uh, level of women's softball? There is. I don't know if it's necessarily something that I will do, but, I, you know, I have heard of people who take a year off and then they decide that they really want to play again and go back to the pro league. Um, you know, it's obviously not as big as pro baseball, um, but, you know, it's something to do and, there's definitely other ways to stay, you know, connected to the game as well with coaching and giving lessons. And, you know, that's probably something I would look into more versus continuing my uh, playing career. You have a lot of seniors on this team? We have me and then three others, um, two people from Minnesota and then a girl from Texas. So it was a pretty special way to go out at uh our home field. Well, I guess now Sydney Smith uh, was Maple Grove. I remember covering her in high school, yep. and she went to LSU, came back. She didn't pitch this weekend, but did she give you any reports? Anything that helped along the way this week? Um, of course. I think hmm. one of the biggest things <clears throat> that did add to is just her mentality and her toughness. She has so much experience um, with playing in the SEC, and she's been to the World Series twice, so she knew how hard this weekend was, and you know that's just as valuable as a performance on the field I mean she just did an excellent job of keeping the team checked in and reminding us that you know it's going to be hard we have to you know expect it to be hard and just battle the heck out of the weekend and so I mean she was such a great leader this whole week you know I look at uh, I think as your shortstop hit that home run and I said boy she can't uh-huh. be more than five four but I looked at her is she, <laughs> is she a weightlifter or something she she works her butt off in the weight room um, yeah it shows she did a lot this off season and yeah, exactly. It shows she just, she's so clutch, um, especially defensively. I mean, when a ball is hit to that girl, she's like a little ninja. I feel like she's a Hoover vacuum and nothing's going to get, get past her. I mean, she makes, she makes the hard plays look easy. And I mean, what a clutch hit just kind of shifted the momentum from our side, I think for the rest of the entire game, it was huge. 
But you hit a home run to open this series. Uh, you know, you down one nothing. You hit a home run uh, to make it one to one, and then you had a big double a little bit later in Game One against mm-hmm. LSU. Obviously, it ties the game. But more than that, you got the sense that it was that statement that says, "Okay, we're going to play with them. We're going to be here all day." That kind of a thing. What did that home run mean? Because it just seemed to change. Even though you're the favorite going in, you're still playing LSU. Right. Um, no, it was just kind of the spark plug that the offense needed. I think we're kind of a type of team that once we score, we kind of relax a little bit or someone, you know, we push a run across and then we kind of like, okay, we can do this. So, you know, I guess it was just my turn to be that spark plug for the offense. And I don't think we looked back after that. Um, huge hits. I think the whole fourth inning we scored runs with two outs. Um, where we put up four runs and, you know, we're just a resilient offense. And I think what's special about this team is that different people can step up. You know, it was different people on Friday. And then yesterday it was Allie, you know, Emma and Carly coming up with huge hits. So that's what's cool about this team and that it's not just, uh, you know, relies on one type of person uh, to get the job done. What made you seem so improved over last year? I think just the chemistry and the dynamic between the team and the coaching staff. I think we found a group of girls that, you know, really, really wanted to be here and were willing to do whatever it took to reach our dream, which was getting to the World Series. And um, just to never be complacent or satisfied with where we were, um, you know, from the day we stepped on campus in the fall to, you know, our last day of practice before the super regional started we were finding ways to get better every single day and I think that's super special and we have a coaching staff that they just bring great energy um they're so so knowledgeable and they just they just find ways to make us better every single day and we want to get better and you know you're not going to get better if you don't want to and we found the right group of girls to really click and really do that where do you leave Tuesday night for Oklahoma City I think we leave Tuesday morning and then there's a World Series banquet Tuesday night which we will find out um, if Natalie Denhartog won freshman of the year, so mm. they do that at the banquet on Tuesday night. So I think we'll fly out practice and then fly out Tuesday. Great stuff, Maddie. Appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, that's Maddie Houlihan. Uh, we'll follow the progress of the yep. team as they're off to Oklahoma City. It's a great story. We should mention the Gopher baseball teams played their way back into it in the Big Ten, too. They're Boy. playing today to try to – they're still alive. What a week in the Big Ten. Every favorite lost uh, the one night. I've never seen anything totally like that. turned things upside down. Yeah. So many good sports stories around. We'll be back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Sports Huddle, we're talking about uh, the uh, Twins going into today. And uh, I guess yesterday I heard uh, Corey say it in the air a couple of times. Dan Gladden, they, they had uh, the, the one the one misfire they had yesterday was the, the walk-up line. It was so big that, you know, trying to get everybody into their seats. Dave, you mentioned it earlier. If you're out there listening to us right now, you know, get there at an appropriate time so that you can get in and get your seat because everybody's trying to buy walk-up tickets. They've got the cameras that face outward. And yep. yesterday, right before game time, you couldn't see the end of, from the focus to the front of the line. You couldn't see the end of the line. You knew that switch was going to get flipped, didn't you? Oh, man, that's great. You know, I want to talk about a play during the week. Uh, we both played enough ball to, to realize how unusual this was. I can't remember the last time I saw a sacrifice fly to a shortstop. Yeah. But how perceptive of a base runner, in this case Rosario, saying he's going to be on his heels, he's not expecting me to go, and he 
scored relatively easily, and I thought that spoke to the way the Twins are playing. Yeah, I used that highlight in the news that night, even though they hit all the home runs. They hit eight home runs that day. But I used that intentionally because of that, because this tells you where you're at, right? We're watching everything. Obviously, you probably can take a few more risks when you've got these the way they're going right now. But Rosario is like that. He can surprise you. Once in a while, you'll go, what's he thinking? But a lot of times, you go, whoa, he's a step ahead. And, and, and uh, I mean, I don't know how many All-Stars are going to have in this. But, you, you know, you're talking about Polanco, who looks a little bit like um, – uh, an MVP candidate in the American League right now. He's not far off the Triple Crown. I mean, I mean, he's, I, mean he's, well, I mean, he's got. A, you know, well, he's there's so many guys up there bunch with him, but he, you know, he's a tough out right now. No, tough out. Oh, tough man. out. Sid, I want to. You talked to Rocco Baldelli. You now had, well, a third of a baseball season. What are your impressions of the Twins' new manager? Well, I kind of like him. I mean, the, the players seem to be very. Uh, very popular with him, and they seem to put together a pretty good coaching staff. Overall, the hitting coach, the pitching coach, and uh, I think that's had a lot to do with their success. Mike, they uh, they do things differently. You had a report on, did they have only one in seven consecutive games that they took traditional batting practice? Batting practice has become optional. Yeah. I, I mean, his whole theory kind of is, you know what you got to do to get ready. Here's what's interesting. You go over there, and, and you know, I get, I get there in the afternoon, uh, usually around 3 o'clock or so, and and everybody was usually there in the past. And, you, you know, 7 o'clock game, that's the way baseball has become. Now guys are coming in at 4 o'clock, uh, whenever it is. And his whole theory is uh, individual responsibility. You know what it takes to get ready. No infield, but go out and take ground balls before we take batting practice. You know what you got to do. And then, then in, in spring training, he used kind of that theory of, you know, let's pack it in, do your stuff, go home. We're going to take a break because Kyle Gibson is going to join us. Mike, how many gloves does Gonzalez I don't get in the locker. How many gloves does Gonzalez have in his locker? I mean, the guy plays all over. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to check that out. We're all going to do those twin stories every day. That'll be my next story. <laughs> all right. Will you check into that? We'll take a break here. I am trying to get things set up for a phone segment after Kyle Gibson. On the a chance that that works, I'm going to go to the phone numbers here, 651-989-9226. We'll talk to Kyle Gibson when we come back from this break. We may have to fill a little bit. Then we'll take a quick break. We'll try to get your phone calls. Also, probably in the 1130 hour, we're going to have a chance for more phone calls. But if you want to get in line now and wait, 651-989-9226. Not the first segment, but the one after that. You're listening to Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Kyle Gibson expected to call in about a minute and a half or so. The phone numbers again for that uh, 11 or uh, 1050 segment, 651-989-9226. Had a chance to hear Gibson and some others do a little uh, TV uh, coverage, and then Radio Corey Provis uh, moved over. <laughs> that was kind of fun when the Twins had the fill-in game and you found some people. In the- yeah. Derek Falvey did uh, some color. Mike, yeah, Mike Herman. Yeah, Mike Herman on all the travel arrangements. That was kind of interesting to find. You know, they'd moved all the uh- – Bags and everything were inside. They're the out plane. of the hotel, and uh, and then you got to recoup that thing, and and uh, yeah, they need to build a dome out there in Anaheim. I know they've had twelve rainouts in uh, fifty three oh, yeah. years. Or whatever you you it is. can't have that. No, uh, no. <laughs> obviously, drainage is a bit of an issue. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, apparently, it was okay, but the tarp was full of water. Yeah, <laughs> they picked the tarp up and dumped it all in the in the outfield. And made Not the exactly outfield. An experienced grounds crew there. <laughs> Probably don't have yeah. a lot of experience about uh, use that tarp. Probably once every couple of years. Huh? Yeah. And, go ahead, Mike. And take care of the dirt and then cut the grass is all you got to do out there. They kept rolling the balls to see how they'd play. But uh, when they called that one, I, you, know, I, you just assume when they're in L.A., they never get rained out. You know, uh, 
Sano, uh, we talked a little bit about Sano. What a perfect way for him to come back. I mean, he just looks relaxed out there. The best thing, I like the scoring from shortstop on the sacrifice fly. I like Sano taking pitches on the, around the, the outside of the strikes on that. He used to go for every time. And, and uh, as you mentioned with Nelson Cruz, take your time, right? Miguel Sano, take your time. We'll let you know. Just make sure you're ready. Cause he's got that wrist thing, so you want to make sure. But but when you dial, they could hit. Uh, they could go play all thirteen position players. If they if they just ran them out there, and if you could bat thirteen guys, you still wouldn't have weaknesses. Arians is the weakest, and he hits a home run yesterday, and he's been picking up the pace. He looked good. He looked good. All right, Kyle Gibson joins us right now. Pitched a terrific game. He did a nice job. He was one of those guys they brought in on the on the coverage of the game from California. He might have a future in broadcasting after he's done pitching. Sid, say good morning to Kyle Gibson. What's that? Kyle Gibson joins us. Twins pitcher. Pardon me? Kyle Gibson. Is oh, a- Kyle Gibson. We talked yesterday after the game. Talk about that uh, problem you had with some kind of a uh, something wrong with your 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 system. Yeah, I uh, picked up some E. coli down in Haiti uh, this year on a mission trip, going down to see the the school that Duke and Doge and Lomo and I were involved in in uh, donating to last year, and had a lot of fun seeing the school. But came back with uh, something that wasn't nearly as much fun, so uh, had to deal with that for about four or five weeks. But been feeling good, and and like we talked about yesterday for a little bit, uh, you know, my stomach's still a little sensitive to stuff, but overall, it's uh, just a little change of diet and trying to watch what I eat and, and uh, had to give up a little bit of spicy food and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm doing good. Gibby, when you, when you pinch now, like yesterday, whenever it is, and you have these bats and this confidence, how does it Are you more aggressive? Uh, are you not afraid to throw a pitch in a situation maybe in years past because you know you've got these guys that have got your back and there's a pretty good chance somebody's going to hit a three-run homer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think going into this year, uh, my plan was I just really I don't like walking guys, so that was one thing I was really going to try to focus on this year. But obviously, when you have the out- offensive output that we've had, that makes that uh, that strategy a whole lot easier. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think whenever you get a, a three or four run lead, uh, like our starting pitching has been working with basically all year, uh, you know, our goal is to try to attack the strike zone and and uh, you know get as deep into the game as possible. But you know, we also have a, a really good bullpen too, so you know we have the luxury. Of of going five or six innings and only giving up one or two runs and, and having a bullpen that can lock it down too. What pitches were working for you yesterday? Uh, I would say my changeup was probably uh, changeup and slider were probably my best pitch yesterday. Um, when those two are, are working and I'm able to throw them, you know, off my fastball release, it, you know, one goes down and into a righty and one goes down and away from a righty. So uh, those two pitches work well together, and, and uh, thankfully they were on yesterday. Kyle, you've got uh, you know, your one loss now is at 5-2, your ERA at 4.08. But I read online ERA isn't what it used to be. Win loss doesn't mean what are pitchers, what stats do pitchers pay attention to? What do you measure yourself against? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I don't really know anymore. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I still do look at. I still do look at ERA and not as much the wins and losses, but um, you know, I, I think uh, for me, ERA uh, is just something that shows if you're, um, you know, limiting run scoring. Uh, and I think as a starting pitcher, 
uh, you know, if you look around that three and a half to four mark, uh, that means you're going, you know, close to six innings and less than three runs. And if you're doing that consistently, then you're giving your team a chance to win. Um, and really, every every five days, that's my goal. So uh, sometimes that looks a little bit different. Sometimes it, you get ten runs of support, and if you give up five runs, you did your job. And sometimes you get two or three runs, and if you give up three runs, then you know you didn't necessarily do quite as well. So um, you know, I, I think uh, for me, you try to not focus on specific numbers. You try to focus on the whole picture and and the whole process of it. And you know, Gibby, somebody that uh, you know very well, and I know very well, and all of us know well, a guy named Jack Morris will talk about you know what took him a long time to get to the Hall of Fame. His ERA, some would say, and Jack would tell you, "Hey, we I pitched on some great teams, and when we got the big lead." I'm I'm not worried about my ERA. I just want to get this team to the locker room with another win. It, it, those statistics get very misleading sometimes, and I say that because this year's team is the kind you might get a big lead and and you might get beat on a few fastballs, but it doesn't matter if you, you can get that team to the seventh or eighth inning and, and save a couple of arms. Yeah, especially when you have bases empty. You know, obviously I didn't want to give up a homer to Jose Abreu yesterday, but you know our plan was to go first pitch fastball after the first at bat, and you know, unfortunately I ran to the middle. But you know, in in most situations, uh, if you give up one or two solo home runs, you're probably not going to get beaten. Uh, so I mean, you know, yesterday it's it's still frustrating that I gave up a homer, but in that situation, you know, we're trying to attack guys and we're trying to get ahead. And uh, I was fortunate, you know, uh, the last couple of years to have you know quite a few games of of offense behind me. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I had that that attitude definitely. You know, if if it's a five or six run lead in the third inning, well, I'm trying to do all I can to get through six or seven. And if that means giving up a couple runs, and then so be it. But you know, sometimes that also with how bullpens are constructed today, sometimes that can kind of put more pressure on your bullpen. So I was just talking with Blake Parker yesterday about trying to have the mentality of, okay, with how good our bullpen is, and especially if it's fresh that day, if I can go five innings and give up no runs, that's probably better than going six innings and giving up two or three. So, uh, you know, sometimes that changes a little bit with how your bullpen's constructed. What will a pitching coach talk about when he goes out to the mound when you're in a little purple yeah, you know, Wes is uh he's a big confidence guy and uh, a big positive reinforcement guy. So normally when he's coming out to the mound, uh he's coming out to give us a little bit of a break cuz we've thrown quite a few pitches in a row, but also he's coming out to remind us of of the plan on that hitter, but then also have confidence in ourselves. Uh if we've walked a couple guys or or we've gotten a couple hard hit balls off of us, you know, he's always trying to make sure to to keep our mentality and and keep our mind focused on how good we are and and how good our stuff is that day and and uh sometimes that's a big help sometimes you can lose sight of of maybe how good your stuff is you know once you start getting hit around a little bit okay kyle gibson a pleasure talking to you and we'll send you a murder certificate the best steakhouse in the country i, I hope you can eat that now kyle okay yes, i can't thank you <laughs> <laughs> hey kyle when you're done pitching there may be a slot for you here on the, the show Tiger field <laughs> All right, let me know. That sounds great. All right, that's Kyle Gibson. All right, back with your phone calls. I know we've got uh, three local lines open. I'll give the numbers before we go to break here. 651-989-9226. You call us now. We'll talk to you right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, David, Mike. All right, we are back. I'll give the phone numbers one more time for one of the two local lines that are still open. That number is 651-989-9226. That's the number Tom and New Folden used to uh, give us a call. Tom, hey, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, guys. I was just curious what your thoughts were with the twin start that they got, and if they keep it up, if they would go after like a Craig Kimbrell or a Dallas Keuchel here at some point. Hmm. Thanks. 
Mike, I heard you go whom. Uh, I would what? have made the same sound. Go ahead. Well, I just, you know, the draft is coming up, so everybody's waiting until after the draft, exactly. so you don't have to give up a draft pick by signing these guys. And uh, listen to Dan Gladden talk about it. He's probably right. Uh, there's a chance those guys might know exactly where they're going right now. And, and whether the twi- I, I don't think the Twins will, and here's why. Things are going well, and Lance Lynn last year. Yep. Remember, the, 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 when you come in late like that, uh, we hit on a little bit about chemistry and whatnot. Um, it, it just didn't go well for them with pitchers that came in late last year. And, and I think they could get, you know, if they want somebody, my gosh, by the trade deadline, there's going to be so many teams that are cleared out of the race that they can go get somebody. Well, there's going to be great players. Great I mean, players. I, if people are internet savvy, and I hope most of our listeners are by now, go to MLBTradeRumors.com. Now, and don't blame me if you get addicted, but there are all kinds of deals on there about who the Twins might want to pick up, and I would guess almost anyone on that list would love to come to the Minnesota Twins right now. Sid, how likely do you think it is that the Twins will make some sort of deal as we get closer to, say, the end of July? I wouldn't be surprised if you pick up a good pitcher later on. They could use a, another starter pitcher. Who would you take out of the rotation? Pardon me? Which starter would you take out of the rotation? I don't know. They're bullpen. I don't think that's great. Oh, we just went from the starting uh, rotation well, to the bullpen. But yeah, you're right. But right now, they're okay. But let's see how they keep on going. At they some point time. in time, too, you have a conversation about a closer. Do they, do they want a closer or somebody? I'm not sure Rocco believes in a tradition. Sure can I add one more thing, though? And Sid can come. Absolutely Bart not. Starr passed away. It just moved on. Bart the, uh, Starr died. Yeah, at age uh, oh, 85. No. And it just moved on the uh, ticker here. Uh, Sid. Sid. What? Mike's got something. Go ahead. Bart Starr passed away, the former Green Bay Packers quarterback. Bar? Bart Starr. Bart Starr? Yeah, he died t- today. They just moved on the wire. Uh, you you must have today? a few memories of him, huh? How many years ago? Today, this today. morning. Is that right? Yeah, well, okay. Well, not not Dark Starr. That, <laughs> that is coming up on the anniversary of Bart Starr. He was a big sports fan. He, had, he got a... Got around with everybody. Whoops. I think and, we're back uh, to Dark Star now. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we moved from yeah. uh, Bart to Dark. All right, we got one minute to go. See if we get one more caller. Michael in Plymouth, make it quick if you can, please. Yeah, I was calling about the second baseman, Scoop. Yeah. Scope? Uh, scope. I can't. Scope. I don't, I don't know how to say his name. I, <laughs> go ahead. I don't have a volume on. But that guy has got this, the greatest hands of any second baseman. I've been watching uh, infielders. Ozzie Smith, I mean, he's got hands like that. It's unbelievable. And then he gets the ball, and boom. That Nobody should be able to throw some of those people out that he throws out. It's incredible. Well, good. You think there's a chance that they'll sign him long term? I think they're working on it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> him and Cruz are going to come up here quick. Yeah, huh? They are working on about five guys trying to get him signed. And I would guess if the money's right, everybody would want to come back to this team. This baseball team is having a whole lot of fun. We'll talk more about the passing of Bart Starr. We'll do that in the next hour. So we'll also get you involved. And then coming up at uh, 11.05, Ryan Saunders, Lindsey Whale on 11.30, Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.